It's Talk More Talk, a solo Beatles video cast. We're back for the 2022 edition. And it's, you know, same smiley faces, different year, a whole bunch of new shows coming up for you. And uh, we're looking forward to tonight's show, which we're going to be talking about the 50th anniversary of Wildlife. Um, just happened last month, December 7th, to be exact. And uh, we thought, hey, let's uh, talk about wildlife and, and has it aged well and uh, you know, we'll just talk about it in general. But um, before we do that, I'll introduce myself and my co-hosts. I'm Tom Hunyadi, and you may know me from my other show, Two Legs, a Paul McCartney podcast, which is a, a weekly show that myself and my co-host Annie Nichols uh, do on audio and on YouTube, and you can check it out there. So um, I'm going to introduce to you my co-hosts, my friends, the people that I love doing this show with uh, every two weeks. And um, we're going to start off with, as always, with, with the queen. Uh, you know her, you love her. She's, I mean, she's always on somebody's show and we're lucky to have her here because it seems like she's always doing something uh almost as busy as our, our as our good friend uh, ken womack and um you know her from her shows uh i mean her shows her books um michael jackson faq everything that's left to know about the king of pop and uh her, she a co-editor on beatles and fandom and uh so the uh songs we were singing the guy that tore through the beatles lesser known tracks kill tool what's going on well, just uh, just hanging in there and hoping that 2022 is going to be <laughs> a much uh, better year and happy new year. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I know. I know, Joe. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll get to you in a minute. Right. Uh, but, <laughs> but hi, Tom. Hi, Joe. Hi, Ken. And hello, everybody out there. Happy New Year. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, speaking of Joe, he's been uh, having this great uh, YouTube channel, Mean Mr. Mayo, for the last 10 years where he does uh, reviews, rants, uh, you know, fines, record store videos, you name it, he does it. Joe Mayo, a.k.a. Mean Mr. Mayo. Joe, my friend, it's the year 2022. I'm sure you're uh, going to get in line for yourself and get your nice little uh, people person uh, burger there, right? And uh, <laughs> sign a ketchup. I, right? It's going to be a people person salad. Right. Okay. A, little, <laughs> a little soil and green. Uh, a little soil and green. <laughs> Very good, very good. But if if you're out there, you're watching, you're what's you're talking, you're like, what's up with this swollen green that Joe has been talking about? Well, it takes place in the year 2022, and uh, I just it's probably you would say one of your favorite movies, right, Joe? Or it's up oh, there. Oh yeah, sort of as a kid, a kid in the theater on a double bill with Westworld. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was about the future of what happens to Manhattan and the rest of the world. Really, 50 years hence. <laughs> And uh, it's not too good. 
You know? Thanks for cheering us up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> What's going to happen when we get to 2022? Yeah. I'm like, oh, so let's, yeah. I had to get the shirt. So, yes, that's it. <laughs> Uh, and last but certainly not least, as you know him from almost the last 40 years for his syndicated Beatles show, Every Little Thing, where he plays every little thing. And you can hear it now on, what, 50 radio stations now? Uh, around 50. Yeah, right around yeah. 50. And uh, he also has the wonderful podcast, Things We Said Today with Alan Cozen and Darren DeVivo. And his own brand new YouTube channel, Ken Michaels Radio. And he's got a great website called Ken Michaels Radio as well, where you can go on there and you can do weekly trivia questions where he gives away prizes. And uh, I should know because I've been fortunate to win a few prizes in my time, but since retired. But anyways, Ken Michaels, how are you doing, my friend? Well, uh, happy new year and welcome yes, back. Happy new year to you. Yeah. Happy new year to all of our followers. And, um, you know, 2021 in terms of releases was an amazing year. Right. Really, it's going to be hard to top that. And an expensive year. I have a feeling that's going to continue. As you will find out with the news, we haven't had a moment to breathe here. Right. <laughs> well, it but, has uh, been uh, just about a month since uh, yeah. we've been here. Yeah. So obviously, like Ken said, there will be a lot of news. So why don't we get with Ken and he can um, take it away. Okay. Thank you, Tom. Uh, well, first of all, as I'm sure everyone knows by now, uh, the Beatles performance from the Apple rooftop, which was the finale of the Get Back documentary, will be shown at IMAX theaters across the country on the 53rd anniversary of the concert itself, January 30th. I've been told that tickets went on sale and it is reserved seating for this IMAX event. After that, the Apple rooftop uh, performance will be shown in select movie theaters. Uh, for three days, February 11th, 12th, and 13th. And there is now a release date for Get Back on DVD and Blu-ray. Mm. And that's on February the 8th. Unfortunately, there is no mention of bonus material. But as we've said, we have almost eight hours here, which I think we all feel very blessed about. Um, so... I think that we should all be grateful for that. Who knows if in the future there might be a deluxe version of Get right. Back. But um, how do you guys feel about this? I'm kind of surprised that the DVD Blu-ray is so coming out so soon. Oh, I'm, I'm relieved. I'm glad it is uh, because, as I often say, uh, you know, I'm worried that a lot of people are going to make, you know, uh, unofficial copies. I think they are already, They're already out. They're already can, out. I know, right? I know a couple people Selling that have the, the bootleg, those bootlegs. Yeah. And I thought maybe that would give the urge to Disney, Apple, you know, whoever, uh, to really get moving on it and try to at least put a really good official copy out uh, to maybe squash some of that. Although uh, a lot of people are telling me, right, that the, uh, the one that was on Disney Plus was 4K, mm. whereas this one is just Blu-ray, which might be even a step down. I don't know. Um, mm. It's going to look pretty darn good, I'm sure, no matter what. Yeah, it'll still look good. But uh, but you know, we were talking about before we came on. Like we still don't know how long this is going to be on Disney Plus. Um, and plus, you know, listening to your your Peter Jackson interview on things we said today, I mean, he kind of predicted this, right? Where, I mean, if this, if, if this is a bare bones release, if it does do well, then that'll lead to mm. maybe a deluxe version later on this year, which, right. you know, fine, I'll buy this, but it's still not 
cool. I don't think it's cool to, you know, you know, ask your hardcore fans to buy this and then, you know, buy it again, you know, a couple months later uh, down the line. It, you know, it's asking a lot. I mean, yeah, we're going to do a hands down here, take my yeah. money. But still, I mean, it's it's sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> I remember a, a, a person named James. Yeah. <laughs> right. The Beatles know nothing about this. Right. They've never been involved with that kind of, you know, ploy to get people to buy several copies of the same thing. They've never yeah. done that before. So, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. And um, I, I hope at some point, it's wishful thinking on my part. I'd love to see a soundtrack with some of the audio, yes. you know, from those sessions. And Lord knows, there's a lot of material. How much fans think is worthwhile to release everyone's got their own opinion but there should be some kind of audio release and then there's also the let it be dvd yep. blu-ray yes. the original film right. which i would guess to be later in the year right. i hope we'll so because yeah yeah i really hope so i think that does need to come out um you know mm. i mean this this was wonderful i mean no question about it mm. um but it shouldn't replace you know the the right the original let it be uh, but i i did want to mention yeah i i'm very surprised that this is coming out so soon uh the the dvd blu-ray version uh i did not expect it to be out until maybe you know summer or so i mean yeah. i i'm very surprised but um yeah i hope there will be some kind of a deluxe version in the future because yeah i'm disappointed that there are there aren't going to be extras on this one. I, I think, uh, you know, because certainly Peter Jackson in the, in the interview uh, that you did with him on, on things we said today, Ken, mm. um, that, you know, he, he hinted for sure that there was more. <laughs> and mm, uh, right. uh, that, and uh, yeah, I would love, love bonus mm. material. So, um, you know, who knows? Uh, maybe by, oh, say next Christmas, there's going to be yeah, <laughs> maybe right version. right that would be that would be some treat if we had yes. any extra material an hour two hours whoever, you know, the up. more the merrier 16 yeah <laughs> 60 right 60 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're not greedy <laughs> well <laughs> but we shall see yeah uh more exciting news is that there is already a website devoted to the upcoming archival release for John and Yoko and Elephant's Memories 1972 album sometime in New York City. No information has been offered yet other than it's being billed as the ultimate mixes for 2022. Uh, this year marks the album's 50th anniversary. So the question is, will it be coming out soon since this website has just been made? for uh for the release or will they try to stick closer to the anniversary in june mm. which is when it came out in the came u.s anyway okay. yeah we'll have to wait and see uh ringo star is releasing a new book coming out around valentine's day in february sold exclusively through julian's auctions to be titled lifted described by ringo as fab images and memories in my life with the beatles from across the universe this is a hardcover uh, coffee table size book, which offers in words and pictures Ringo's singular and revealing perspective on his time in the greatest band in music history. Ringo says with a laugh, I am not writing this book as a Beatles historian. I am, I am writing this book as a Beatle. And there's only a couple of us who can do that. 
Star explained, I didn't keep all these photos. These fantastic images came back to me in recent years from here, there, and everywhere, online and off, and have somehow helped me get back into seeing my life with the Fab Four through fresh eyes. A lot of the photos uh, in this book I spotted on my phone and on my computer and lifted them because they brought back so many fabulous memories. In recent years, I'd gather these Beatle photos that I sometimes barely remembered. After a while, I thought how great it would be to lift these fantastic photos and some of my other favorites for charity and tell my true tales that they inspire about what the four of us, John, Paul, George, and Ringo went through back in the day. And the best thing is that it's all for a good cause because the money is going to our Lotus Foundation. So proceeds from this book, and there's also going to be a limited edition 500 copies edition signed by Ringo will benefit this charity if it is the Lotus Foundation, and the limited edition sells for $495. Did you order it yet, Tom? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I'm Christmas shopping, right? You know, and then all of a sudden I get this message that the new Ringo book's coming out, and I'm just like, come on, give us a break here. <laughs> hey, it's half the cost of the George Harrison Uber. That's true. So. That is true. I pre-ordered the regular edition. Oh, very good. <laughs> so did we. Yeah. Okay. But to order this book, just go to juliansauctions.com. Alan Cozen made an interesting point about that on the last things we said today about what the yeah. photos and, you know, who took them and, you know, are they going to get any you know, residuals or anything like that for those photos or. Right. Uh, yeah. There could be clearance issues, but yeah. I hope not. I think a lot of people won't challenge Ringo because number right. one, he's Ringo. Ringo. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and it's for and charity number, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you know, why would you complain and want money for that then? Yeah. And, it, and it's so nice that he, you know, of course, he's been doing it for years, embracing the Beatles. Mm. You know, we say about how enough time goes by. And, and for many years now, Ringo's been, as has Paul, been, you know, really embracing the Beatles past and all that. I couldn't imagine him doing this around the time of Caveman when he's yeah. trying to, like, no. promote Caveman. It's like everybody wants to talk about the Beatles. But, mm. hey, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. Mm. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. And I'm sure we'll be reviewing it. As soon as it comes out. Absolutely. Also due out in February is a tribute album to Yoko Ono called Ocean Child Songs of Yoko Ono, featuring various artists covering Yoko's material. The album's being curated by Death Cab for Cutie's Benjamin Gibbard and will feature the band Death Cab for Cutie, along with David Byrne and Yola Tango covering Who Has Seen the Wind. Other artists include Deerhoof, The Flaming Lips, Sharon Von Etten, and others. The album is actually due out on Yoko's 89th birthday. Wow. She's going to turn wow. 89, and that's February the 18th. What a busy month for Beatle fans <laughs> in, uh, in February. With special thanks to John Bazzini, <laughs> who heads the Beatles in print together and solo Facebook page. We learn of a new book coming out on George Harrison, May 24th. It's called Came the Lightning, Came the Light, 20 Poems for George by Olivia Harrison. Mm -hmm. A quote from Olivia appears in its description in Amazon. She says, time, we take no notice of it, but for its loss. I wanted to stop time on the day George died so that I would, wouldn't ever have to look back. Yet here I am, 20 years and 20 poems later, one for each year, I suppose. I didn't plan it that way, 
but here they are, thoughts, feelings, and words about life and death, but mostly love and our journey to the end. Interesting idea, one hmm. poem for each year. Hmm. Cool. Again, coming out May the 24th. Uh, Philip Norman is best known to Beatle fans for writing the Beatles biography, Shout, and more recently a bio for Paul McCartney. It does not rest there. John Bazzini also tells us that he has, you know, it's come on this show already. Mm, yeah. Tell us everything going on. Yeah, he needs to do that. <laughs> um, so Philip has a book coming out on George Harrison titled Dark Horse in Search of George Harrison, which won't be out until 2023. Uh, the Grammy Awards are being postponed due to COVID. And Paul, as you know, is nominated for two awards for Best Rock Song with Find My Way and Best Rock Album for McCartney 3. Thanks to another uh, great source of news for me, and that's our own Tom Hunyadi. Uh, <laughs> Edgar Winter, it's not just Darren DeVivo and John, John Bazzini. It's also mm. you. Uh, Edgar Winter has been busy for several years planning a tribute album to his late brother, guitarist Johnny Winter. A new album is due out in April to be called Brother Johnny, and it will include 17 tracks handpicked uh, hand by Edgar and producer Roger Hogarth, including two new songs from Edgar. And this tribute will have a star-studded cast of musicians helping out, including Ringo, along with Michael McDonald, Joe Walsh, Steve Lukather, Joe Bonamassa, Keb Moe, and others. Quite a Ringo lineup. Always there. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. Ringo always gets involved in a lot yes. of these compilations, always, you know, drumming on one track for each one for each one. Um, also, a new tour is being announced that is similar to what we experienced back in 2019 with a tribute to the Beatles White Album with a superstar cast. And this will be a tribute to the Beatles albums Rubber Soul and Revolver with a band consisting of some of the same names. Hmm. Todd Rundgren, Denny Lane is in this. Joey Mullen returns. Christopher Cross is there again. Jason Sheff from Chicago and Jay DeMarcus from Rascal Flats. The concert will be a mixture of all these players playing some of their own hits, along with the songs from both Beatles albums. Okay. I do know that uh, there is one show in Connecticut at the Ridgefield Playhouse, March 3rd. So expect that tour to, to start around that time. This really does remind me in a way, I don't know if I ever brought this up, back in, in the year around 2000, there was a tour of Walk Down Abbey Road. Yes. And you had a star-studded cast just yeah. like this. Yeah. And it was, it was divided between all the artists doing their own songs and then doing Beatles songs. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's really just the continuation. And you have some of the same people that were there from, from that time. Todd Rundgren was involved. Um, Christopher Cross, I know, was. Was that I one of the uh, Hart sisters where it was in there? Ann Wilson. Ann Wilson, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, she was cool. involved. Yeah. yeah. I think Joey Mullen did it too. Mm -hmm. So that's really kind of the same thing happening now, two decades later. Uh, a few passings to note. Of course, there is the death of Dennis O'Dell, which happened on December the 30th. Dennis was given an associate producer credit on the Beatles' first film, A Hard Day's Night, working with producer Richard Lester. Odell also is given credit for persuading John Lennon to take a film role in Lester's How I Won the War, for which Dennis was also listed as an associate producer. But he took on a full producer's credit for the Beatles' uh, made-for-TV film of Magical Mystery Tour. And he was also the producer 
for the Magic Christian, starring Peter Sellers with Ringo. Prior to working with the Beatles, he had produced six films, including 1962's The Playboy of the Western World. And after the Beatles, he produced a number of big films, including Sidney Lumet's 1973 film, The Offense, Richard Lester's 1975 Flashman-based Royal Flash, and perhaps most successful film, his most successful one being 1976's Robin and Marion, which starred Sean Connery and Audrey Hepburn. The Beatles paid a little tribute to Dennis in the song, You Know My Name, Look Up the Number. <laughs> but you hear John say, good evening and welcome to Slaggers, featuring Dennis O'Bell. He said Bell, not Bell. And later, let's hear it for Dennis O'Bell. <laughs> and he also was responsible for loaning the Beatles Twickenham Studios when they right. needed it for the the uh, the Get Back Let It Be sessions. Right. Dennis died of natural causes in Almeria, Spain. God bless him. He lived to be 98. Wow. Wow. And uh, Paul McCartney noted the passing of BBC DJ and broadcaster and fellow Liverpoolian Janice Long, who was also the first female presenter on England's Top of the Pops. And um, I'm wearing this shirt right here, mm. Woodstock from Michael Lang, yes, one of the co-creators of Woodstock who passed away at the age of 77. Such an amazing concert that was. Yes, indeed. Such an important part of uh, rock history right there. And so this is for you, Michael. Mm. <laughs> and that's all the news. Wow. Uh, one thing, uh, uh, Scott uh, oh, here says, don't forget George is nominated for a Grammy for all things yeah. must pass. 50th anniversary yeah we I brought that up aware of that yeah i think oh. yeah i think we did mention it um on the last episode oh i didn't even remember okay uh, our last episode yeah because it was yeah it's nominated for the box set for the uh um, oh, okay yeah okay yeah, yeah. all right okay. very good thank you scott yeah okay thank you ken for that i mean i'm always learning something i'm always you know spending more money thanks to you in the news segment. <laughs> I don't think I'm any help there. You know, it's all your fault. Anyway. Right? It is all, it's been your fault since 2012, <laughs> Ken, when I discovered uh, things we said today. But anyways, um, today we're talking about the 50th anniversary of wildlife. Sorry about the glare. Uh, looks like Joe's got the, uh, was it the Capitol uh, release there? It's uh, the bonus track. Or is that uh, the 93 release? With bonus the bonus track. Yeah, that's the 93 tracks. Paul McCartney collection released there. All right. Oh, cool. Um, a few things about this, you know, as, as we before we get started, it was released uh, December 7th of 71. Um, it uh, had a kind of a poor showing uh, in the UK. It was, went to number 11 in the US. It uh, was number 10. Um, it, they rehearsed uh, so a lot of these tracks uh, at Root Studios before going into EMI and recording um, these tracks. And uh, Denny Sywell has gone on record saying that he believes that five of these tracks were recorded in one take, which was, I think, pretty pretty amazing. Uh, so coming on 71, I know Joe and Ken, uh, they were uh, pretty young at that time. And, um, you know, myself and Kit, we, uh, <laughs> we were still... <laughs> Not on, not on, uh, not on the face of the earth. Not on the face of the earth. Thank you. Oh, come much. on! You you were seventeen if you were a day. <laughs> but anyway, before before we get into like the meat and potatoes of this, I just want to get everybody's general uh, impression of the album when they first heard it, and if you remember the first time where you got it. And uh, Kit, let's start with you. 
trying, you know, I, when you said when you, where you first got it, I'm trying to remember. Uh, it, it was it was so you know so long ago. Um, it it definitely was was far into my mm. my McCartney fandom. I I know that for sure. Um, and I I it was kind of a reaction of what. <laughs> and I remember that. I right. do remember that because mm. uh, it was, you know, it just sounded so different mm-hmm. from what I was used to. I mean, you know, it's that my introduction right. uh, to Paul was as as yours, you know, yes. was the 80s, you know, polished, um, you know. And so when I was going back to, you know, some of the wing stuff, I mean, even, you know, listening to like Band on the Run or something, you know, to listen to to this. I mean, it's like the polar opposite. I mean, it is so like, you know, uh, raw and, and, um, you know, just sounded like it. I mean, I know it was recorded at Abbey Road, but I mean, it could have been recorded at home almost. I mean, Mm -hmm. it has that kind of feel. Right. And it also was sort of a, you know, a time capsule in a way. I mean, it has that kind of. Um, I don't know if hippies the right word, but but it, it just has that kind of, you know, homegrown back to nature, you know, mm. sort of feel mm-hmm. to it. And so it just wasn't what I expected, you know, right. and I because I didn't know the whole story about Paul right. probably. And, and we'll, and we'll, yeah, and we'll get into the story and, and the approach exactly, in yeah. here in a, in a minute. So. so, yeah, but that was my initial reaction probably was kind of a big question mark when I when right. I first heard it. Yeah, because yeah. like you, I mean, it was like you, kid. I mean, it was later on too. It was yeah. probably for me listening to the whole album was probably around ninety nine, two thousand, when mm-hmm. I was discovering those uh, McCartney, Paul McCartney collection CDs, those mm-hmm. imports from the UK, and yeah. um, I was you know collecting all them. You got a couple of bonus tracks on there, and uh, I you know instantly gravitated towards this this album. I you know thought it was was really good. There's some great standout tracks out there. Um, um, so I didn't have any really issues about this album on first listen, but when you, but when I listened to his whole catalog at that time and the complete, uh, as a complete, uh, body of work, that's when I just went back and I thought, okay, maybe there's some issues about this that, you know, that I would love to talk about with other people. And then here, yeah. you know, you know, 20, you know, two years later, I get the opportunity to finally talk about it with, you know, people, but I don't know about you, Kit, but um, I don't know if you've heard, you know, you had like family members or other people that other in the Beatles community who were like negative down the sound. So it took a while before I actually finally listened to this album as well, because I always heard, well, just skip that one because yes. it's, you know, it's, it's not one of his better works. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. 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 I think probably that may have colored my impression of it a little bit, you know, when I read Mm -hmm. biographies of them like that and Ram, you know, probably it was the case of both of those where it's Mm. just like, yeah, just skip those, you know, those were, you know, critically panned and, you know, just, yeah. So I think that probably colored my opinion of it too. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, Ken. Well, I have to admit that, um, when this album first came out, I probably wasn't even aware of it because mm. um, I was always a, a top 40 listener right. my whole life in the 60s and the 70s. And there were no hits from this album. And in those days, I wouldn't have even thought about or may not even been aware of something like Beatles Monthly magazine to find out Beatle fan hadn't 
started yet. Um, yes, there was some press given to the album, but I still, even at a very young age, wasn't picking up Rolling Stone or anything like that. So um, I certainly was aware of the first McCartney album and Ram, and I was very much aware of Red Rose Speedway when it came out, when it came out because it had my love on it, a number one hit. So I know I got Red Rose Speedway when it first came out, and I probably got Wildlife close to the same time, not really being aware that it was out at all. Mm. Um, and I always liked the album from the start. I, I just thought that it fit very well with all the other music that he had done um, from the first McCartney album on. There was always a lot of rawness to the music from the first three albums there, although there was a lot more, uh, I hate yeah. to say polish yeah. and Ram, you know, right. it's, it's more produced Ram mm -hmm. and much more structured, you know, and you still had orchestration, you know, on stuff like uh, Uncle Albert and, and Backseat of My Car. And, um, but at the same time, if you're used to all this acoustic stuff from the McCartney album, like Every Night or, or uh, you know, Teddy Boy or those songs and Heart of the Country, then Bip Bop, I'm very comfortable with. And, and some people never know I'm very comfortable with those songs. Um, overall, I would say even early on, I loved, loved half the album. Mm. I thought half the album was really right. great. And I liked the rest. I never disliked anything from it. Mm. Okay. And later on, you know, you learn about, because I wasn't paying too much attention to what the critics were saying. Later on, you could see the first few albums from McCartney were just, you know, raked over the coals by the critics. Yeah. But um, I'm glad to see all these years later that it's, you know, a lot of his yes. stuff is being reassessed, yes. especially from this time period. So. Absolutely. And we'll talk about that as well. Joe? Well, I have no recollection of it when it first came out. Um, I was kind of young and I wasn't really into the collecting, although I have very fond memories for, of Uncle Albert when it was a hit single because I listened to Top 40 radio, hmm. you know, when I was young. So, uh, yeah, it just passed me right by until I became really into the collecting and you know, filling in holes and things like that in the catalog. And I probably, you know, my memories are clear with a lot of these things. When did I first get them? Where did I buy them? But this one, I don't really remember, except that I probably got to it late, maybe like in the later 70s, 77, something like that, maybe. Hmm. And I'd always heard it was, you know, Paul's worst album, you know, and things like that. I don't let critics decide my, my feelings. But Good. at the time, it, my feeling, first listening to it, was very, was very much opposite of what it is today. Mm. Okay, back then, uh, you know, I didn't care for it much. You know, I just, you know, just seemed, you know, again, very, uh, I don't know, doodly, uh, you know, uh, primitive kind of thing. Uh, not, you know, not as slick as I would expect, maybe. Um, but then again, as I say, without bringing it too much up to date, right at this point, it's the opposite now. That's what the things I didn't like about it then are what I admire about it and enjoy and reach for off the shelf now. Right. You know what I mean? And, and I really, I've said this before, I really do understand, I guess, why a lot of people who had grown up really, like really hardcore first generation and were of the, an older age, maybe, you know, maybe like 15, 14, 15 when the Beatles were here. I can understand when they went through the whole Beatles career, why maybe once they got done with the release of 
Let It Be, they were a little bit confused by albums like this from Paul right. at right. first. Even Ram to a degree. Well, now we all scratch our heads. Those of us that love Ram say, how could that have been? You know, right. it's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. You know, I, yeah. But uh yeah, but I kind of get that. I've always understood those people that think they're thinking long and winding road, they're thinking let it be. You know, you uh, this is this guy, you know, Blackbird and I'm trying to think of all the songs, but you get right. you get the truth. Mm. Um so now it's wrongheaded. It's so cool to me now that Paul did this, this period, this early period of his is very cool. Right. And actually gives him a shot in the arm, I think. It's more more than a, a bad thing for him. It's a it's a good uh, notch in his belt. Right, and I I would think that also another thing that may have confused people at that time too was that it was just labeled Wings. Um, there was no Paul McCartney true. on 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 the album cover. So I mean, and then so much so that they you know the, the studio I'm sure you know made them change it to Paul McCartney and Wings for for Red Rose Speedway. Right. But um, I want to talk about. One thing that still kind of irks me a little bit, and it's not because I, I dislike this album, because I've said a million times that I really enjoy this album. But the one thing that still irks me about this album is the approach that he took to this album and what he was influenced by. He was influenced by Dylan and his quick schedule in, in the studio. Get in there, get it done quick. And yes, he, he, you know, he had a new band and he want, you know, they wanted to start from scratch. And I get that. I mean, that, you know, but he just did that to, you know, the year before with McCartney, you know. So in a way, I kind of feel like he's undervaluing the Denny's in a way because here he is. He's got very capable people, not necessarily Linda, but he's got the two Denny's that are very capable of doing great stuff. And then here he is, is just, you know, you're, you're almost back to square one again, just like with McCartney. So, I mean, that is always kind of confused me a little bit why he would do that. Ken, do you have thoughts on that? Well, I never looked at it that way, but, you know, that does kind of make uh, some sense. But I think Paul is someone who <clears throat> lives in the moment and does what he feels like in the moment mm -hmm. and could be influenced by something like, and of course, it, I'm sure it doesn't sound anything like Dylan's new morning album, which is, right. what, you know, yeah. uh, he was influenced by here. But um, it could also be that he poured so much effort into Ram. And that's such a much more disciplined album. Right. And that didn't work for him. Right. <laughs> so, you know, how can he win? You know, I, I want to make one important point here because um you know, you mentioned that wildlife went to number 10 in the U.S. and number 11 in, in the U.K. Um, and I know that you just did a show on Two Legs on, right. on Wildlife 2, and it was referred to as being a flop. Mm -hmm. And I know by a lot of people's standards, number 10 is not a flop. Oh, absolutely. But in the rest of the world, that album went top 10, and in most countries, it went top five. Mm -hmm. So I would hardly consider that to be, you know, a flop or a failure in any way. It's just that if you're a Beatle, Right. There are some people who think yeah. if so, it's not number one, right. by his standards. It's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, uh, I did think um, it was a very gutsy move on his part, not just to record an album this way, um, but to launch Wings that way. Right. You know, you would have thought that he would have tried to do something more along the line of, you know, like Abbey Road, mm -hmm. you know, even. Um, but he didn't. And uh, I just think that Paul sometimes just goes with his gut. 
right very often and sometimes he's praised for doing that sometimes he's damned for doing that mm. and that's what he felt like doing in the moment right. and now we look back at these songs and we love uh the the very simple raw production right of it. there's a certain charm that the early mccartney albums have i know a lot of people now that that prefer paul's music pre-band on the run yes to band mm. on the run <laughs> you know absolutely and absolutely you know that's what makes the world go around all these yeah. different opinions but not right really. and, I'm, and, yeah. and i'm glad you brought up ram because too you know it's interesting because then he's got all these leftovers from Ram as well, uh-huh. which I think if, you know, maybe shorten a song or two here on wildlife, you know, I think of songs like a love for you, I think would be perfect song for wildlife, you know, uh-huh. little woman love. Hey, diddle. I mean, I think these, these tracks that were recorded prior to wildlife, you know, would make great, a band, you know, first band uh, you know album instead of mm-hmm. you know three six minute songs and you know little right. short bips and here and there but uh, kit what are your thoughts yeah i i was just going to say and and this you know this may be well i was going to say this may be an unpopular opinion but actually paul mentioned this in a in an interview mm-hmm. i found i think it was one of the paul denoyer uh interviews yeah. uh they did where even paul said you know the, the approach he took where it was doing this you know first take Right. you know, in two weeks and, and moving on that he, he, I don't think he regrets doing it, but he said, because I, I chose that approach, you know, we didn't have the time to perhaps, you know, polish those songs and, and flesh them out as much as, mm. you know, I would have liked. And that, that is kind of an issue I've, I've always had with this album that I think, you know, some editing would have been good uh with you know you just mentioned the song six they're over six minutes because i i've always thought that there are certain songs and we'll we'll probably get to those in a, in a few minutes but certain ones that if if he had cut them in half mm. they they would have been better you know a little sharper um and others uh that i think if if again spent a little more time you know on the lyrics or the or the you know i mean the musicianship is fine Right. I mean, that's not an issue, but mm. um, but it just does some some of it does have kind of a hurried quality to it that uh, doesn't always work for, for me, um, you know. And so, I mean, there's nothing wrong with rawness. There's nothing wrong with a more, you know, I like stripped down production. I mean, right. that's that's not my issue. I like that. Um, but there is kind of a price to be paid for that kind of an approach, that kind of hurried you know hurried approach your songs better be damn good too <laughs> you know really solid right for that kind of quick you know approach and yeah. all the songs on here you know right and plus plus you know when i think about his influence from from dylan dylan might be the only person I would consider a better songwriter than Paul. I mean, yeah, I mean, Paul, I think melody wise and musical wise, I mean, Paul is 10 times better, but if you're going to come into the studio and and do, you know, these ad lib tracks, you know, fine. But, but when, but when Dylan goes in the studio, I think all these tracks are already written as is, and they're going to go in and he's just going to already rehearse them a hundred times and just go in and record them, you know? So I think there is a little difference there between, between Paul and, and, and Dylan, maybe Joe. Yeah. Well, the thing is, that's what I, I, I like so much about this now. I, you know, I always say, you know, Paul at, with the Beatles and on his own was such a, you know, 
perfectionist in a lot of ways, you know, trim this down, make sure this right. is a little cleaner, edit this, get the best take and everything. Don't put out a bum take or whatever. And that's why I think this stands out. If you want that kind of thing, you've got, geez, I don't know how many hours, you know, uh, right. of Paul McCartney uh, gems uh, that are perfectly recorded and everything. That's uh, kind of like what I enjoy about it these days. That's how I finally came to like it. I mean, something like Mumbo. Hmm. Um, I love that. You just like to do a live to say what, whatever nonsense comes into your mind for right. just a generic rock uh, hoot nanny. <laughs> you know, I, I love that. And, you know, Bip Bop, I've always enjoyed for what it is. A little ditty, uh, probably for the kids, maybe. I don't know. I, li I, I like that, the way he just uh, uh, goes on saying the Bip Bop bit. I, I got to tell you, it, it's for me, it's addictive. I could listen to that for like uh, 15 minutes, to tell you the truth. It's <laughs> There's one probably of a 15-minute take <laughs> out there somewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I just, songs like that. I don't know, songs like that. I, I mentioned like Funky Town or... Fly Robin Fly or something that's catchy. And I heard one the other day on the radio and I always and I can't remember a rubber band man. Mm, like yeah. hey, right. great if song. it something grabs yes. me, if it's yeah. catchy, I can almost song. get lost in it for like an hour. You know? Yep. Anyway. Kind of yeah. like check my machine. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, that's one of my favorites. That's <laughs> funny. Another thing. Um, oh, go ahead, Ken. Go ahead. I just wanted to add um yeah, I agree that there are times throughout Paul's solo career when I wish he trimmed some of the songs down. I think the title track to Wildlife goes on too long. Yes. And I know some people think that long. some people yeah. never know goes on too long, but I love it at that point. Oh, length. yeah. I, um, yeah. I, I like those two, that those two are a little, a little long, maybe. Yeah. Right. Maybe. However, you can cut the uh, the beginnings ending of uh, because when you go on and some people never know has that kind of the same ending as kind of like Chicago's beginnings does where you know it's huh. the bongos and the sticks oh, yeah. and, you yep. know it's you cut that part out you know that's that's like almost a minute right there but anyways I, I also think that another problem that some people might have with this album is the fact that it opens with two songs that are arguably people might say are his worst songs of all time uh, as well. I mean, what do you guys can... Well, I, I, I agree with you that if you were going to poll people, most people would put that those two near the bottom as well as the album near the bottom. Right. But again, all I could do is reiterate that's for me is different. It's just different. Right. Yeah. I like the fact that it's not what we're used to hearing, you know, you know, well, I say used to hearing too, like, um, Maybe what came after now in retrospect, you know, you're opening up with a band on the run or you're opening up with too many people or something like that. Uh, I don't know. I, that's what I like about it is that it's so uh, different. I, I totally agree. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm totally uh, I totally agree with what Joe's saying. And I, I actually I love Mumbo mm -hmm. to death. I mean, <laughs> yeah. just picture watching Paul with this band jamming on something like that. It'd be fascinating. Hmm. Just the way that Paul sings, the throaty voice, how powerful it is, and just whatever enters his brain at that time. I mean, if the exact same song was done by the Beatles, oh, you yeah, know, absolutely. and Paul was singing it and he was Put making it on the white stuff, album, right. we'd all be saying, wow, this right. is fantastic. Right. You know, so yeah. I don't agree that, you know, it's it's among the worst. I don't think Bip Bop is one of his greatest compositions, but it does no. have a nice charm to it that I've liked just like a lot of the, the acoustic stuff that Paul was doing um, in the early seventies mm -hmm. and, and at various times throughout his solo career. 
but um, I wouldn't necessarily say those are two of his worst songs. I really enjoy, I especially love Mumbo. Yeah, I, I can I can listen to, you know, more songs like Mumbo with Paul just improvising and making up stuff. And mm-hmm. the band sounds great doing that yeah. song. Yeah, they're a good jam band. Yeah, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kit. Um, you know, it's. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna have some tomatoes thrown at me uh, because you know, <laughs> Driving Rain is still to me the yardstick of the worst. <laughs> I'm sorry. Driving Rain is still to me the worst Paul album, you know. Mm. So, no, this is not the worst. <laughs> yeah, no, not comparatively. No, 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 no. Mm. Um, you know, it, it. This isn't uh, though, and you know, I wouldn't go as far to say, "Oh my God, this is the worst album Paul ever did." No, uh, definitely not in Driving Rain territory. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but I'll agree. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. I may want to uh, wait, take some pressure off you. Okay, thank you. I know. What do you call oh, thriving what? pain? Isn't that what you call, I call it? The tomato. A tomato. Oh, thank you. Yep. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it, I admit it, this isn't an album that I, I return to a lot. You know, I mean, because I, I like, I, I guess I like, you know, in this kind of style um you know this kind of homegrown um you know back to nature um simpler production kind of style uh i tend to turn toward mccartney Mm -hmm. you know more i i admit um but uh but there are some nice moments on here which will yeah we'll get to that we're gonna we're gonna get to that yeah uh but there are some nice moments but i admit you know it took a long time for me to really warm up to to this album at all um you know it just uh you know it just was not an album that i connected to for for a good while but no i wouldn't say it's worst no fair. absolutely not okay fair enough ken i want to go to you next because you know you've stated multiple times that you're you know top 40 guy i mean you listen to you know top 40 and um you know especially on the singles aspect and we all know that love is strange was the proposed uh opening single for this album but it never came to be now the question i have for you ken is now do you think love is strange would have made a good single or was there something else on this album that you think you know would have been a better first single I love Love is Strange to Death, but I would definitely go with Tomorrow hmm. more than any other song. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. so commercially appealing. Yeah. It's so damn catchy. Paul's vocals are amazing. It's not too long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's just right. It's in that three, three and a half minute range right there. Right. I think that would have been very suitable as a single. Hmm. And if that had done well, I would have released the second single like Love is Strange. Hmm. Okay. Joe, what do yeah, you I think? concur. Yeah, I concur with that. Uh, I, I always thought tomorrow was the best choice for a single, <laughs> although arguably maybe the ending just for you know radio purposes, maybe they could do it, tone it down when he uh, a little bit or something, do a different kind of fade or an ending or something. I don't know, but overall, I think it's really a pop potential. Mm-hmm. Okay, Kit. Oh yeah, tomorrow, hands down. For the for the single that's one of my favorite uh uh songs off the album i think it's got you know it's it's just uh, uh you know catchy um you know just has a, a kind of a sing-along quality to it 
um, in a way. Um, so I, I definitely would uh, would do that. Um, I do also like some people never know. Um, I think that's got a really pretty, uh, you know, quality to it. Beautiful harmonies, right. um, you know, not as a lead single for sure, yeah. but uh, maybe as a maybe as a follow up or third single or something like that. But uh, but tomorrow, yes, lead single. Yeah, I agree, yeah, agree unanimous here. Tomorrow should have been, you know, the, the the single for the album. I think it has at least a top 10 hit all over it. I think this is the, the song on the album that showed us what was to come for Wings with those great backing vocals yes. uh, throughout the song and then just the great music uh, throughout the song on that as, as well. Um, I agree about some people never know, maybe being a, a good follow-up. I mean, you could easily cut, um, you know, two and a half minutes, you know, from right. that song, you know, get a nice DJ edit or, you know, radio edit, whatever you want to call it, you know, out there and, um, you know, maybe top 20, 25, if, if, you know, potentially, I think just because yeah, again, not number one, right. But, but then again, you know, you think this was the beginning of that uh, singer songwriter, you know, era or genre, if you want to call it. And I think those songs, I think, blend nicely to, to that genre uh, of, of music. That's an interesting point, because I was thinking about that as I was listening to this again, that, yeah, this does dovetail very nicely into that singer songwriter mm -hmm. um, sound of this period that, you know, the acoustic, uh, personal right. kind of songwriting, minimal production. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. Mm. Gotcha. Cool. Um, so let's get to uh, some some of our personal favorites. Uh, you know, what's what what about these songs? Do, do you do you like about them, Joe? I mean, what's what are the standout tracks for you on this? Album? Well, I already talked about Mumbo, you know, and Bipop. Well, I enjoyed those. Um, I like pretty much every every track. To, uh, Dear Friend. Hmm. Um, I, I love that. I mean, uh, and we found out, you know, he was Paul was talking to John really in right. that. And uh, even even without that, I just I just love it. I just it, it's very uh, sentimental. It's got a real nice feel to it that I enjoy. Um, some people never know. I, I like I like wildlife. It is a little a little long. Goes overstays its welcome a little bit for me, but um, I just I just love you know his uh, screams, you know yeah. his, when he does that kind of like intense uh, vocalizing that he does. Um, it's funny how I look at these tracks and I'm thinking like there's just there's a lot of variety on here. You know I didn't yeah. used to, didn't used to think that these days I do. Uh, I am your singer, is Linda's track uh it, it, it's nice i've always said how much i enjoy linda's voice actually and how get i get into she that was as always, well you know all, 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 always uh an asset to wings especially with the harmonies you know and especially as they got more and more into the 70s and stuff um and you know it's, it's not a great song but i like it a lot more than say maybe cook of the house yeah. something like that mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh yeah looking at the tracks I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I take it for what it is now, you know, rather than bemoaning what it isn't, which is what, you know, I think a lot of people were doing in the beginning. Right. Um, but I thought it takes time because it was a grower for me, you know. Yeah. It, it, mm. it wasn't one of these that was right instantaneously enjoyed by me. And 
great. Now I just think it, it stands out so well. And, 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 you know, in the whole overall uh, catalog that Paul has. And uh, I like, too, that, you know, it's one guy's opinion could be all there is. That's that wonderful story that uh, Paul <laughs> told. We know what it is when he was driving or something and somebody yeah. was in a, a van or van, something. And yeah. he, was, he was going camping, camping. or something. He said, hey, yeah. man, I'm going camping. I'm going into the woods and I'm taking this. Right. Best album mm. he ever made. He had the album with him. And I love stories like that to give Paul a little bit of, you know, a little boost, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, mm. I like it. Kid? It's not his best, right? You know, I, I prop. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure where it would go for me these days. Mid tier, mid mid to <clears throat> lower tier, but you know, I enjoy it. Cool. Yep. Kit. Uh, well, you know, we've talked a little bit about it already. Tomorrow, um, you know, great, uh, you know, beautiful, uh, beautiful song. Some people never know, uh, as I mentioned. Uh, just uh, you know, really fits sort of the freewheeling spirit. Of, uh, of much of the, the record. Uh, Dear Friend, um, I, uh, you know, it has uh, such a kind of haunting quality to it. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I do wish at times Paul would have added a bit more lyrics Lyrically, to it. Lyrically, right. I agree. You know, and he keeps doing that, like, oh, come on, Paul, you could have added some more lyrics. But it's a beautiful, I mean, it still has such a haunting Yes. Uh, quality to it, uh, which I which I like. Um, Wildlife, wish he'd cut it shorter, but I do like his vocals on it, um, and uh, I I like the 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 uh, backing vocals on it. The part that whatever happened right. to yeah, I right. love that part. Mm. Um, you know, I I just appreciate. Oh, and the and the uh, I, and of course on many of these songs, you know, Denny Sywell's drums, mm-hmm. uh, his kind yeah. of Ringo esque drum fills on wildlife i like quite a bit um and this is kind of funny for me because i actually don't like love is strange mm. that song at all oh. <laughs> I, I, that song <laughs> i have to admit has always kind of gotten on my nerves but this version of the reggae take on it is kind of fun um mm. you know it's it's not it's still not a favorite song of mine but i i kind of like the uh that that sort of lighter take on it and uh you know they sort of take it to another uh he and linda take it to another place and and linda really you know just harmonized so well um with paul and and um and of course harmonized so well on these other uh, tracks i mentioned as as well uh so it has kind of a fun catchiness to it that makes me think okay maybe maybe i can like this song a little bit (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that the Mickey and Sylvia version, no, 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 no. no. But this yeah. one, this one, okay, I can, yeah. I can. Oh, that's interesting. that's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Oh, go ahead, Ken. I was going to say to Kit, you don't like that part in Mickey and Sylvia where they're going back and forth. Come here, lover boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Cringeworthy, huh? See, Paul and Linda should have done that back and forth. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Definition of cringe. <laughs> I definitely agree with you, Kit, about the dear friend aspect of it. You know, yeah. a little bit more on the lyrics, maybe. And we should point out too uh, because timeline is really everything about this because the, right. you know a lot of people thought 
I mean, you can still look at it as the response to how do you sleep because it came out after Imagine. However, this, I mean, if you, if you, you know, research it, it really was started, you know, in, in 70 as more of a response to Lenin's, um, you know, comments in what, like the Rolling Stone stuff and, you know, and you know, kind of all the other comments in the press. So, I mean, it was really more, more of that than, than how do you sleep? I mean, right. in, in a way, you know, Paul really, you know, yeah, he gives him that, you know, that little dig in too many people, but, you know, Paul really isn't a, you know, vicious writer, you know, he's not no. really out to get you, you right. know, no. per se, you know, but you know, I, don't uh, think he has, I don't think he has the nerve to do it. No, too, I, I don't. Too I, I, I really don't. So, I mean, some people might look at this as kind of like a cop out response uh to to john because it's not really anything there's no substance to the no, song really no you know that could be looked at as as an asset too you know mm -hmm. for paul's you know too yeah. uh and writing to vanity fair might be another matter entirely. Oh, yeah <laughs> absolutely absolutely but even that still isn't really you know vicious well, and it's and it, it, it you know of course it's kind of a discreet in a way you yeah know, too. sure yeah sure and still to this day we, yeah. He hasn't said no, who the song is about, about. Oh, even no. though the fans suspect that it's about so, Heather Mills. Heather, right. Yeah. So, so Ken, mm. um, the, well, the main the main highlights for you on this. Uh, as I said earlier, I think half the album is great. Tomorrow right. is a great song. If I ever was to put together a McCartney compilation, as I have, no compilations complete without Tomorrow. That's mm. to me the most right. essential song on on this album. Yes. So damn catchy. McCartney's vocals are great. I love the screaming at the end when there's the hmm. false ending. Right. Yeah. Um, and some people never know is a gem to me. And one of the things I love about that song is the middle part when they don't sing at all and right. there's just harmonies. Yeah. I love that effect. So you do hear the great harmonies there in the band with Paul and Linda, especially uh, on that song. Um, I do love Dear Friend, and I'm glad that you said what you did, that it needs more lyrics, because I always wish there was like a, a, like a middle eight or something to yes. connect the verses. Mm. Um, but the one thing, you know, you, we were talking before about supposedly five of the songs are the first take. If these are the first take, they're damn near perfect as first right. takes, you know? <laughs> and when you listen to, like, in the box set for Wildlife, the... Um, the demos for dear friend just paul on the piano right his voice is just perfect <laughs> he doesn't miss a note and it's the control of his voice on that song um and it's so heartfelt at the time um it's a wonderful song although i still wish that he put more effort into the lyrics and yeah added more and i do really love love is strange that was always one of my favorite tracks on the album i like a reggae arrangement of the song i thought mm. it was really cool and i've grown to really love um songs that have long introductions mm. and love is strange it's almost like a minute before paul starts to sing it kind of reminds me of well this was a year later like papa was a rolling stone you know i love songs like that before you get to the vocals you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting there's like this anticipation before you get to hear the lead vocals um, I like the whole arrangement, the the harmonies in the group, and you know I I love Linda's harmonies, yeah. which are really um, an asset, and it became that for Paul's solo career and with Wings especially. 
certainly on Love is Strange and Some People Never Know really shines right there. So I mentioned those four songs. Those are great. I basically really like every song on the album. My least favorite's Bip Bop, but I love Mumbo to death. Mm. Um, I do like Wildlife, although I do think it should be trimmed. Yep. Um, and Paul's vocals are amazing. I like I Am Your Singer. Mm. You know, I like the fact that Linda takes a lead vocal in one of the verses. Right. Yeah. And it's not an incredible lead vocalist voice, but that's not what Paul was looking for. Yeah. You know, when it came to Linda, he always said that he, he wanted more of like a Shangri-La's type sound for vocals, not like a real trained vocalist sound, like anything operatic or anything like that. And Linda fit the bill and, you know, he made it work so that her harmonies blended so well with his right. and with the band yeah. and with Denny Lane, you know. Mm. So, yeah, but this is really, to me, it's a, it's a pretty good album all the way through for the most part. For the most part. I mean, I'm a more, I mean, my favorite, I'm the B side of this. I mean, I think the, the, the flip side to this album is for me is the standout album was, mm. you know, some people never know tomorrow, dear friend, you know, even I am your singer, which I, you know, again, I've really come to love. I mean, I guess maybe we can consider this the, the first real duet uh, from Paul in his, in his solo career, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. you know, and I think Linda was, is is fine on this uh, i think she's fine on on the, the whole album um really and um you know obviously you know tomorrow and some people never know really are the standout tracks i think on this yeah, album so but again we could you know if we could have shortened a couple of those tracks and maybe get one more you know real song on there if you will <laughs> you know mm -hmm. i think you know um maybe like a like i said again a, lo a love for you or, yeah. or you know, a little woman love or something like that but uh but it is Tom, it is. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was just going to say because when the Ram box set came out, and, right. and there are certain books that you can read where you know all the stuff that Paul worked on during Ram, right. and it was yep. so amazing. It was like two albums worth of material. Yeah. But I didn't really know until the, the box set came out that I Lie Around right. started around right. that time. Yeah. Obviously, later on, Danny Lane added his vocals to it. Right. But Man, I lie around would have been perfect on wildlife. Little Lamb Dragonfly <laughs> would may may have worked on this album as well. I mean, that was uh -huh. you know started in the Ram sessions as well. I know yeah. it's not one of Joe's favorites. <laughs> no, it's, it's one of the one of the most overrated. I don't hate it, but it's just one of I'm the only person in the world. Yeah. Although no, I say every time I say that, I, I'm the only person. I have a couple of people in the comments say, "Oh no." I agree, right. but you know, I don't hate it. But yeah. I noticed by the way, there was a couple of comments. Uh, citing Lavatory Lil as an example. Yeah, but he, again, it's it's a playful song though. It's not purposely, in my opinion, I don't take it as a purpose purposely vicious song. How close can you like, get? Well, yeah, <laughs> big boys bickering. I don't know. Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was a little angry in that. Right. But but again, though, too, that's kind of playful music musically as well, you know, and, and, and you know, it's not about anybody, you know, anybody particular, maybe despite yeah. repeated warnings. OK, I don't know. yeah, mm -hmm. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's just talk about Linda for a second, because, you know, there was a big, you know, to do about, you know, Yoko's involvement in, in John's songs, especially on those singles, um, you know, um, and then what a year later on sometime in New York city, we got a lot of Yoko on, on that album. Do you think maybe um, 
I mean, obviously we know we know what we know now, but at the time, you think maybe this is one of the things that maybe factored in the hate for for wildlife is maybe Linda's involvement as well, uh, Ken. Uh, I think that probably could contribute to it. You're dealing with someone who didn't have any background at all in music, and Paul right. had to train her how to play the piano. And people asked, "What what business does she have?" Right. You know, and I think that Paul was probably thinking that he really wanted to get back on the road real bad. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to leave the family behind and go on the road. So might as well have Linda in the group too. And mm -hmm. as long as she can do the basic stuff on the piano and so much of the stuff that she did was fairly simple piano stuff, but she nailed it. Mm -hmm. it, all, it came down to that and working on her voice. And I think, you know, no one's going to say she was a great singer, but she definitely mm -hmm. added a lot. Mm. to uh paul's music and wings music yeah. in particular and i think that in the I end <laughs> in the end <laughs> no, you, you know i no, no. i think that it was a benefit to, to paul's music it became part of paul's signature sound right and, and she got criticized for it she took it on the chin and you know and she got better over over time and i you know i think that's great of her i mean she i i admire the fact that she stuck it in there i mean she could have easily just said you know piss off i'm out of here yeah. you know mm, <laughs> get you sure. get, a, get a better player but uh, she's stuck at it and you know you gotta you gotta admire her for that kid mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think particularly um, her, you know, her harmonies, uh, mm. you know, really became key to the wing sound. I mean, you know, I was, I was thinking as, as I was listening uh, again to, to wildlife, I mean, you know, like listening to even the song wildlife or, or tomorrow or something, you know, when, you know, you could really hear her, her backing vocals come in, you know, I just, remember thinking wow you know that's be the beginning of what became the wing sound mm. um you know i mean it's just like you could immediately hear those backing harmonies and just be like oh that's wings right. you know i mean that's just like i mean it just gives it away uh and she was a i think a, a you know important part of that um you know really became a crucial part of that so um so i i think in that sense yeah i i think she was an you know uh, a, a real part of of forming that sound and and you're right i mean she she took a lot of crap yeah. i mean she really did um you know part of it was good old-fashioned sexism i think part of it was um you know just yeah what is she doing up there she's not a musician um yeah it was a bit of everything uh mm. and uh and boys you know she she was tough i mean she mm -hmm. really uh you gotta gotta give her credit i mean just amazing how she right. she kept at it and as you said she got better yeah. uh but uh but i think it's really the harmonies that right. that was her biggest contribution and we're getting a couple comments here. Now you get a lot of people that say Paul hasn't done anything good since the wings days. No, you know, we're getting, you know, we're getting a few comments here that, you know, lately, you know, his albums are missing backing vocals in, in a way, um, mm. you know, especially, you know, since like maybe driving rain where, mm -hmm. um, 
you know, we haven't had that, you know, Linda, obviously she's, she's not there anymore. Um, so maybe his albums have been missing a little something, uh, whether it was Linda's backing vocals or not. And I'm glad people are mentioning, mentioning that because, you know, yeah, yep. she really has, you know, become an essential part of his, uh, of his canon. And incidentally, yeah, absolutely. And incidentally, you know, some people will say, well, but you know, she wasn't a strong singer on, on her own. Right. Have you ever heard a lot of the beach boys sing solo? <laughs> I mean, when you when you hear them sing just by themselves, uh, I mean, hmm. it's really interesting. It when, is. when you hear them, I mean, they're not really strong vocalists on their own. But hmm. of course, when Good they point. sing together, right. their harmonies are incredible. I mean, mm. you know, but so that is is you know can be typical of of mm. some singers that they are excellent at harmonies, but don't have strong voices on their own. Right. So, just, and then also just, just to, to give out there. to give credit where it's due, um, you got to give Denny Lane a lot of credit too. Oh, absolutely. Because part mm -hmm. of yeah. the signature sound is Paul, Denny, and Linda together. Mm -hmm. True. Just like True. you know, the Beatles had John, Paul, and George most of the time. Once in a while, Ringo harmonizing. You know, that was that was the sound. Right. And um, if you were to take so many of those recordings and you didn't have those harmonies from the 70s through, you know, up to the time when Linda passed away, that'd be a different experience. Absolutely. Something wow. would be sure. missing, definitely. Right. And I remember sure. thinking that as soon as Run Devil Run came out and, and Driving Rain, it's like, I'm missing Linda. Mm. <laughs> yeah. 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 Joe? Oh, well, like, I, what can I add? I mean, I, I've always, I said that earlier in the show and I've said it before, uh, Linda is such a, a, an important part of Wings and uh, the sound. And as you said, Denny as well. Uh, can, it's very important having all that whole unit together. And uh, it's what made them have their sound in, in, in the 70s. As far as was it, we uh, originally asked, did it have anything to do with Linda? People weren't really warming to this. Mm. This album, I think that it could have something to do with it, yeah. Uh, and the same thing with Ram, I think, too. Paul and Linda McCartney, yeah. you know, maybe. However, I, I, I don't think in a lot of people's eyes and ears that the songs were really there when they first, you know, heard mm -hmm. Wildlife. I think, I think it was more the material than just the Linda thing, although it was a factor for, for most people of the day. Also, okay. you're getting a lot less songs. Right. You know, you're getting That's eight songs true. on an true. album. Right. Yep. And I also believe, you know, there's a huge difference between commercial success and art and uh, critical success. And Paul was certainly lambasted those first three albums in yep. particular, and even Red Rose Speedway to some degree. Um, but they all did well commercially. If you think about it. Mm. Well, you know? yeah. if I may say, I think a lot of that is the Beatle fallout. Sure. You know, uh, it's the, or one of the Beatles. You know, let's let's buy those the albums and stuff. At least to hear it, if nothing that's, else. That's part of it, yeah. but you can't force people to buy this stuff. A lot of the success of the solo Beatles came from new fans that discovered it from hearing it on the radio. Mm. It wasn't all Beatle fans. Yeah, well, and, Wildlife, and, as you said, wasn't played uh, much, if at all. I don't know, well, uh, no single anyway. There was, no and single. now I. There's, I think Paul's had some better material the last 20 years, say, roughly. Mm -hmm. uh, it's more appealing than, say, what's on wildlife, and it doesn't do as well, you know. Right. So, That's right. 
It has to, a lot has to do with it's the Beatles. It's one of the Beatles, I think, uh, you know. Um, no, I, there's, there's much more to it than that. Mm. You know, yeah, I, you know just, I like the stuff personally, but let's be honest about it. No, no. People love I'm the not, Beatles, and that's why I'm, they bought them. I'm not denying that part of the success of the solo Beatles stuff came from the fact that they were Beatles. But when you're having hit records and you're on Top 40 radio and you've got little kids listening who had no idea that these people were Beatles in the first place. Some of them bought that music and there was that running joke throughout the seventies. Did oh, you yeah. know that Paul yeah. was in a band before, before right. wings? Yeah. That happened for a reason. That was later on yeah. about wildlife, but even still, and, and even if some of the success that they had as solo artists is due to the fact that they were Beatles. So what people still bought it. You just, I'm not it. judging them. I'm just saying why I think it is. <laughs> You got to be able to criticize the ones you love sometimes. You just have to be oh, able I, to do it. I've yeah. been critical of, of the Beatles. You just have to <laughs> remember when I said it. You just got to listen to it more. Yeah. <laughs> um, this, this album, I mean, I've mentioned earlier the two Denny's and they're, they're accomplished musicians in their own right. I really think, you know, Denny Sywell was, was a very accomplished Sessions drummer, very sought after, you know, Sessions drummer. And I sometimes feel you know, that maybe he was underutilized on this album. Um, even though I, I get the whole, you know, coming, getting, getting back to basics and this is a band, it's a, it's a new start, you know, and, and Denny in a way too, but um, maybe Denny had, was a little less uh, as accomplished musician as, as, as Sywell, maybe, um, I guess maybe that you can argue that, but, but those two became a very, especially, especially Denny Lane, you know, with his backing vocals, like you said, Ken, but, but Sywell in particular, I think, you know, you could arguably maybe call him the most uh, versatile drummer that Paul ever had and, you know, with him as a, as a, uh, throughout his career. I mean, wouldn't you think maybe Ken? Well, he certainly had did a lot of session work. Right. And right before uh, Ram, he worked with Billy Joel mm -hmm. on Cold Spring Harbor. Right. So he and he was a lover of jazz and recorded jazz and worked yeah. with jazz. So he knew a lot of different styles, kind of like in a way. Lawrence Juber is, is right. that way. Right. You know, Absolutely. Lawrence Juber right. did a lot of session work, too, and worked with so many different people. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, you probably could say that um yeah i'd have to do a little bit more research on some of the mm. later drummers right like blair cunningham or or, yeah. or chris whitten and what they right. did um and abe laboreal has done a lot mm. of work prior yep. to, to right. Paul working with mm. people like sting you know and they only want the best yeah. some of the some musicians like that that's right so but definitely danny was so accomplished already by the time that he started working with paul mm. and kit your thoughts on the two Denny's? Yeah, I mean, uh, for, for Denny Sywell, I mean, the fact that he had that jazz background mm. um, definitely made him stand out uh, from, you know, some of the other Wings drummers, not to put them down. Uh, they, they, you know, were, were great in their own way. But, uh, but you know, I, I remember seeing him at a Fester Beatles fans do a drum clinic, and he uh, did live his drum parts from Ram. And it was really uh, you know, live. It was really great to see him do that. But you could tell in some ways he was holding back, you know, that he could have done even more. Um, but that's a different style. You know, rock drumming is a different style than jazz drumming. Um, you know, he definitely had technique uh, and, uh, and, and uh, skill. 
Um, and sure, he, you know, he could have done a little bit, probably more on, on this, uh, on uh, wildlife, but, you know, it's a different style uh, of, of drumming. So, you know, it's not, you know, jazz drumming wasn't called for here. Uh, for sure. Uh, as far as Denny, uh, Denny Lane goes, um, yeah, and, and in fact, somebody mentioned in the comments uh, earlier about, you know, was, did we think Denny Lane would have been, you know, upset that Linda got more vocal time than, than he did in a vocal solo and, and that kind of thing. And um, I, you know, I don't know, obviously, um, but, uh, you know, he, of course, would turn out to be a very important player uh you know, be uh, an mvp and wings uh, mm. for sure i agree um yeah and i you know he may not be i i you know a quotes technically skilled player like denny sywell in terms of knowing jazz and that kind of thing but i think he uh definitely through his time with the Moody blues and and so forth i mean he clearly mm. you know i think he was pretty well-rounded as a songwriter as a guitarist uh as a singer i mean you know and i think he he had to been for to work that long with with paul and Mm. to be that important uh a a a player in wings history so you know so i think he was definitely in in that just in a different way than Mm. than sywell i think he was skilled as well well, cool. Paul wouldn't have taken him if he didn't. Oh, absolutely. Exactly. Oh, in the first place. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But also, Agreed. you got to remember that in the early years of Wings, when they first started to tour, even though Denny Lane didn't have a lead vocal on the Wildlife album, he had a few songs there early on. Right. With mm-hmm. Say You Don't Mind and I Would Only Smile. Mm-hmm. You know, so Paul, from the very beginning, wanted Wings to be recognized this as a band. a band. Yep. Yeah. To the point, you know, Denny, I've interviewed Denny Sywell, and I think you just did recently, Tom, on yep. Two Legs, didn't you? Yep. You know, it was very important that each of the members were established. And when they gave interviews, that all the members answered a question. Yep. So it wasn't just Paul or Paul and Linda. Right. And, you know, just going back to those early years and then through the Wings Over America tour, you know, mm-hmm. Denny Lane had five songs that he sang lead to during that time. Yep. Jimmy McCulloch got two, you know, medicine one? jar. Oh, yeah, one. Well, yeah. two on, yeah. on, on the, in the studio, but right. one live yep. with medicine jar. So, you know, it was always an effort on Paul's part. He wanted Wings to be recognized as a band. And that's probably why Wildlife was a Wings album and not Paul McCartney and Wings. He didn't yep. want to rely on Paul's name in the first place. And that also could have contributed to why it didn't sell as well as McCartney and Ram. True. still did true. well. Yeah, that's right. You know, there's a lot of people didn't even know that that Wings was Paul McCartney or that there was a band that Paul was in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. I agree. I agree. That's another another factor. Yeah. Yeah. In addition, to everything we've mentioned. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's get to, um, uh, you know, now um, the, the the archive came out. What was it? 19 Oops. Or, or 18 or Joe? Oh yeah! Oh, Joe. Oh, yeah, that's right. Joe. Joe. Yeah. I'm not prepared yeah. for that. Right. I right. have the archive. But I'm right. Not, I, I, I should have brushed up on it. But right. right. But anyways, but I remember when it got announced, and you know, following the Hoffman Forum and seeing people's comments about the release of Wildlife getting an archive release, and the, the comments coming in saying, "I can't believe I'm going to spend this much on an album <laughs> I don't like." I remember that. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, just the, that that was I thought I found that pretty comical. But going back now and those albums that you you that throughout McCartney's career that they thought people thought less of with these releases, they've really been getting, you know, favorable. And I froze. I mean, Oh, oh you Tom just froze. froze. So oh, they've been getting a favor. I know where you were going with that, Tom. Let's follow it. They've been getting more favorable. <laughs> yes, I think that's yes. where we so, was going. Uh, yep. <laughs> I, I didn't. Did you notice that with wildlife? I I did with wild. Didn't necessarily with wildlife. I did notice it with Red Rose Speedway, and also mm -hmm. because of that, the double the longer album uh, as right. he originally wanted to do it, which I, yep. you know, I'm not a big fan of Red Rose Speedway overall. I like moments, but yeah. I did really much like that original configuration idea. Yes. Uh, that I like it better even than the actual uh, regularly released album mm -hmm. of that. Yep. Oh, hey. that. oh Tom's oh, back. Oh, I thought oh, we got him. Hey. Okay, wait a minute. I okay, hang on. He, he said you admitted. <laughs> okay, wait. He's coming back. He's coming back. Uh, and this Brian's is not on film. This is all coming to you very live. <laughs> uh, and incidentally, uh, while he's coming back on, we did uh, talk more talk. We did do an episode back when Wildlife came out uh, in, in a box set uh, back in 2019, I believe. So, uh, so if you want to go back and uh, not right now, but after the show, mm. uh, if you want to go back, I forget which which number episode it is, uh, but uh, but you can go back and and uh, relive the fun of of that episode if you want. So it's uh, to, we go into depth in depth into the box set. So. Right. All right. Sorry, I, froze, I froze up there. I guess. That's all right. No worries. That's okay. I had your back. Yep, yeah, yeah, yep, Joe, Joe covered for you. <laughs> okay, thank you, Joe. Thank you. But anyways, getting back to the 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 love that it's getting now. Um, you know, I, I I'm very happy that you know people are seeing this album in a new light. Um, people are appreciating the you know what went into the album. Um, you know, like Joe, what like what you said is you know you're looking at it what it is and rather what it isn't. Um, and it would be nice if people maybe had taken that approach um, at the beginning. But um, seeing it get all this love now, I, I I think it's you know it's a good thing, really. I knew a guy that said oh, he yeah. came to respect those earlier albums, the first uh, I don't know uh, McCartney, uh, Ram, Wildlife, maybe Red Rose Speedway, uh, because. Uh, it was kind of like Paul being a little more risque. And then later on, he kind of, in his mind, you know, did the more typical, like a sellout almost. I know it's a, it's a strong term, but I don't, I'm saying what in his mind, Paul did more of what you would expect him to do with Band on the Run kind of thing. So when you look mm -hmm. back on it, he liked it like that was an era where he was really just going all out, trying things and doing something he wasn't necessarily that as comfortable with. Uh, maybe and it's polished, hmm. and he liked that. I, I I know where he's coming from now. Right, Ken. Final thoughts on the uh, on the album as a whole, and and you I, know, looking back at it now. Um, still, it it um, I'm not going to say that I love this album more now than I ever did because I always liked it. Right. So um, it would definitely be in the lower tier of McCartney's albums. But, you know, one of the things that we've discussed here several times on this show is that, you know, we're, we're living at a time when <laughs> there's a word that we keep using, trends. Uh, <laughs> the trend is these days that people like simpler production. They don't like polish. 
they don't like sheen you know there are people i know that tell me now they like the stripped down album of double fantasy more than you know the original <laughs> album when it came out um not that i would ever consider double fantasy to be all that slick but mm. you know for that reason Mostly. i think a lot of people are are looking back to the 70s mccartney especially the earliest mccartney and appreciating it more for that reason more to do with i think production than the quality of the songs i've always been more about the songs and the production but i like the fact that if you really study paul's work there's so many different types of albums that he's made with different types of production band albums like wings albums where he plays all the instruments you know something different where he'll play all the instruments and then he'll have members of his band on certain songs so many approaches so many different producers and they all bring something different to the table right. you know there's a lot of people who who look at this is something that i was thinking about um i think that you did a show recently tom what was the last great paul mccartney album or something along those lines the, yeah the first bad last great and last good uh album yeah a lot of people seem to think chaos and creation in the backyard was the last great album from him and i think part of the reason is because it comes closest in style to what mccartney was doing early on when he started out in his solo career actually flaming pie is like that too it's less production more the real pure mccartney sound of what he had in the 70s you know, mm-hmm. and um, I just think that that's been a trend for a while and it's been building. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I understand what you just said, Joe, that that Paul was experimenting a bit and not trying too hard to have a hit record or to have a, a hit album. Although, you know, look at Uncle Albert, <laughs> you know, as a yeah. number one single, yeah. you know, although in England it wasn't released as a single, he probably wasn't right. thinking single with that song anyway. Right. But, um, yeah, I understand why people are respecting the early McCartney stuff more and the DIY albums more because it's more of Paul's true sound without having another producer. I don't want to say interfere, <laughs> uh, influence his sound, even though ultimately Paul has the final say in everything right. that he puts out. So I understand that, you know, just like, you know, Kit. Um, when we were talking a while ago and you wish that Rick Rubin would produce Paul, what are you thinking about? Mm. It would be more of a return to something like the very early McCartney sound. A lot of people love that. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, or Johnny Cash, what Rick Rubin did with with Johnny Cash. So, um, yeah, and there are those people. I think that also explains in part why a lot of people love the 70s paul and once the 80s came in and he was working with different producers they didn't really care for it as much because it wasn't really what they felt was paul's real sound um Mm. also the mere another thing we discussed which i think is a big factor is that a lot of people the music that you hear when you're your youngest you know teenage years and 20s is what will impact you the most and so for a lot of people they have about a decade or 20 years when that music matters the most of them by the time you turn around 30 not that you'll never like new music that you hear or new music from veteran artists but it won't impact you as much 
So a lot of people look back to that time in the Mm -hmm. 70s when they, you know, they love the Beatles. And then here's the transition into the solo music. And they loved a lot of that stuff. But it was too much to continue beyond a a couple of decades there and keep going and following every single thing that Paul did. Whoever your favorite artists are. That's Mm -hmm. part of the reason why people feel the way that they do. But, you know, for a long time, I've been feeling ever since like the 90s that we've been going in that direction with more simple production, stripped down, um, you know, unplugged was so big in the 90s, that kind of thing. There's been a movement ever since then where people don't want, you know, overblown production or even, you know, slick or polished production. So they want more of this. So I think that's part of why people are appreciating it more now. Same thing okay. with Ram, especially with Ram and, um, and the first McCartney album. Gotcha. And McCartney 3. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Kids, final thoughts or comments on wildlife? Yeah, um, you know, I was thinking that, you know, I wonder if, um, you know, someday if uh, wildlife is going to have kind of a similar reappraisal uh, to Ram um you know because it's it's a little similar in that uh you know that it has that that sort of homegrown you know homemade kind of feel uh you know a little eccentric kind of like like ram um and you know look at when ram came out you know slammed by critics uh and you know didn't sell as well uh by paul's standards as perhaps uh you know some of his other albums did um you know i was kind of thinking i wonder if wildlife i don't know if it'll be 50 years from now or if it'll you know hopefully not hopefully it won't take that long uh you know i wonder if there's going to be a similar appraisal from you know indie artists uh you know a new generation who would come upon this album and say, you know, yeah, this is, I like this raw sound. I, I like well, this, you know, and, and want to, you know, emulate that in, in a way, because that's what a number of them did with Ram. I mean, that, that when they came across that and, and thought, even though that's more polished than, than wildlife was in, in many ways, but it still had that, that independent kind of, feel to it and i think you know wildlife for all its flaws um, we've talked a bit about them here uh you know has that spirit that same kind of spirit and so you know i'm wondering uh if in the future if if it's going to undergo that that same kind of you know reappraisal and be discovered by you know a, a new generation of uh independent indie kind of artists who knows possible um you know it, i mean also depends on the trend of music i mean i have often seen where you know there's this big trend in this certain area genre and they'll, they'll go back to an album you know 20 30 years earlier that kind of maybe had influenced that 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 kind of thing or maybe may have been the first album to 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 
be that 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 kind of area. But uh, absolutely, I mean, I, I don't know if it will carry on as much as like RAM. Uh, would I mean yeah. I think that's right. like I yeah. know we keep using that word polished, but yeah. Um, yeah. but I mean if you're gonna put I, I kind of think that RAM and 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 wildlife in a in a way is maybe apples and oranges in a way in a way yeah. but I mean you know more structured songs I mean right. the, the more songs yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, right so, I think you know, apples and oranges is a good way of putting it for me because I mean yeah. I, I I mean RAM is my right now for a long time now my number one Paul album. Uh, whereas wildlife, you know, these days, it's still a lower tier for me, uh, me personally, out of his studio albums, not the covers of anything like that. Uh, it probably would be, I mean, I, it wouldn't be last, you know, there might be four albums or so for me underneath it, personally speaking, taste wise. Um, but yeah, but Ram, I mean, it just has great songs on it. It's just, oh yeah, it's mm. great. Yeah. You know, I don't think. I, yeah, I don't think. I don't you mean be, the feel of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah the feel of it. Homespun, right? That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah they no, don't sound identical. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there on that. You know, mm -hmm. the homey backyard feeling. Right. So you, you know, you have Ram as as like that, and also uh, such great material. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and you know, and there's something that's weird about this album too is because some of these songs on this album like the tomorrows and the, and you know and the some people never knows i find myself listening to those particular songs more than some of the hits as well yeah you know yeah. you know some of those well, mid-70s hits you know we've talked about that tom sometime you and i like band on the run it's like yeah enough of band on the run kind of thing you know uh, you know we just started it's so played out in fact there was a song on jeopardy uh, a question on jeopardy today <laughs> Nobody got the. I love that when I'm watching these shows and I can't answer anything. And then, then you think of a fairly get simple one. Get that one question per show. It was something about. It was a song category from the '70s yeah. or something. And the question was something about Jet and uh, who sang about Jet, which was a, a, really a, a a dog, but yeah. it had the eye the line about uh, oh I don't know the hair, the hair of a thousand thousand laces and all this stuff. <laughs> And it's like, You're I'm like, waiting for somebody to answer and I'm going, Paul McCartney. And they were older. They weren't young either. They weren't like, you know, 20 somethings. So they were older. But anyway, where was I going? I forgot where I was going. Yeah. So <laughs> I will, I'm more inclined to, you know, I'll reach for wildlife, you know, if I want to hear something, I, you know, in the car, which, yes, I have a portable player now in my new car. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I'll, I'm more likely to, to pull this out rather than uh, band on the run, say, or something. Mm. I'm the same way, you know, I can be very affected by certain songs that get played out, Yeah, right. you know, yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, I, I tend to always prefer album cuts and that that doesn't mm. mean I don't love the singles, right. but I'd much rather I don't hear Junior's Farm as much as I would been on the run and i'd much rather right. hear junior's farm today oh it yeah. doesn't mean i, I don't love oh, yeah. it doesn't mean i don't love Ben on the run yep you know right. um much rather hear a good night tonight you know which yep. i rarely ever hear on the radio being played than say right. you know even live and let die i live and let die is kind of played out now but it's right. i'll always recognize right. it as a great song so mm. great right excellent well, that was a look at uh, Wings of Wildlife, released in 1971. Um, thank you all for joining us on the, this episode. Uh, let's go around the horn and uh, talk about what we've all got going in our 
and our other uh, shows and, and well, do me first. Do me first. <laughs> okay, I don't have anything going on right now, folks. <laughs> Currently, <laughs> there's really not much. All you have to do is subscribe to my channel on YouTube, Mean Mr. Mayo, and uh, you know I'm gonna getting back into it after all that get back stuff, man. I, ooh, I, that, that took a number on all of us. That took quite yeah. a toll. There was a lot of late, late nights, early mornings, all kinds of things. And it's like, I just it was kind of relaxing for a while. And then the holidays came. The reason I wanted to go first was that I don't feel as funny after everyone else gives all their projects. And I'm like, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. But, uh, stuff coming in the future, of course. You know, More record right. store videos. People want to know about my record store videos when I visit the record store and stuff like that. I'm going to be doing more of those. And uh, we'll see what else uh, comes cool. around. I, I, I started doing my rant videos again, too. I, I, oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I stopped them. Always something to rant about. I'm really yeah. curious about this, this, this new rant you got. I haven't had a chance to watch it, only because I'm in that industry uh, that you ranted about. Oh, um, that's right. You know, well, I don't know. Yeah. if I, Maybe I, I didn't think you used as much as like that. I thought you were more as like a chef well, making the food. Well, yeah. Well, that's the thing, though. I mean... You know, because I've been in restaurants for, I mean, I've been in the industry for 30 years, but I worked like restaurants for like the first 25 years, uh, first 20 years or, or so uh, in the business. So, I mean, I, I listen to a lot of people talk about their tips throughout the night. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, it's a rant on tipping. Yes. Mm -hmm. so. so check it out. Um, Kit, let's go to you. Okay, well, first, uh, you can uh, reach us uh, here at Talk More Talk on our Facebook page. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter at Talk More Talk One, the number one. You can email us with uh, your feedback, with your ideas uh, at talkmoresolotalk at gmail.com. You, of course, can uh, find us right here on this channel. Uh, please subscribe. Uh, we are growing thanks to all of you uh thank you so much for all your support uh please tell your friends and you can also ring the bell to be notified of uh, any future episodes that are coming up um and if you're watching this on the replay please leave your comments and let us know what uh, what you think about this episode and what you think of wildlife um and uh yeah, yeah please do and uh, also um you can uh, find us on um, Podbean and virtually any other uh, podcasting platform you can think of. Um, and you can also find us on Fab Four Radio, thanks to our good friend Beetle Ed. So thank you as always, and he streams many of our individual shows as well. So uh, so I think that's everything about uh, our, own sh our own show and where you can find us. Uh, as far as I go, I, you know, jumped right into things right off <laughs> first of like the year. An or, or an Apple uh, product, I go. <laughs> yep, I go. That's right. <laughs> there you go. Um, I've been on a couple of shows uh, since. One of them um, I'm going to let Tom tell you about. Um, and the uh, other one, I've, I'm on uh, When They Was Fab. I'm going to be on two episodes uh, of that show. One of them is already up which is about um, days 18 through 20 uh, on Get Back, uh, the Get Back uh, documentary. And then the second one, Tom and I are actually on that episode, which is about the rooftop 
and of course the final day. So we uh, had a great time talking about uh, about that and and uh, what we thought of the documentary as a whole. And don't forget, January twenty seventh starts my Stevie Wonder course. I'm in the process of uh, preparing for it right now. I'm so excited about it. Um, It's a three-week course uh, on a course on uh, online on Zoom through Monmouth University. You can still register for it. Uh, It's uh, called The Music of Stevie Wonder. We'll be covering uh, the early days Motown with albums such as this, uh, which Fingertips appears on, and we'll be going all the way through uh, today. And hopefully his new album will be out by the time for this class. I'm not counting on it, but you never know. Uh, We'll see. So uh, you can still sign up. You can find the link on our uh, Facebook page or, oh, well, Joe is, (laughs) Joe's like, I'm out of (laughs) here. He's registering for your class. He's registering for my class right now. Well, that's my cue to say. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? There's no, there's no seats left in kids' class. What, what do you mean? <laughs> uh, oh darn! So there. Okay, okay. and he's back. So mm. anyway, uh, so be sure to sign up. As I said, um, the links are on our Talk More Talk page. They're on my Facebook page, uh, and uh, hope to see you there. Great. Thank you, kids. Uh, Ken? Uh, a few things. Uh, I know we mentioned Fab Four Radio. There's a new internet radio station called Authentic Radio. And uh, they're now taking my syndicated Beatles show, Every Little Thing. And it's running Tuesdays at midnight and 5 p.m. Eastern. But they're also taking Things We Said Today, my other Excellent. podcast show. And it runs Saturdays uh, at 12 midnight and 4 p.m. And I do believe, aren't they taking two legs? Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. So, and we have to see if, if Talk More Talk gonna, will be on the yeah, channel. We're going to get Talk yeah. More Talk on all Okay. So, yeah. uh, plenty of opportunities there to catch our show in different ways, but it's great to have, you know, this other channel carrying all of our shows. What a great feeling that is. Yes. Excellent. Speaking of every little thing, there's a new show that will be premiering next week. And as, uh, as you know, if you're a listener, there's always thematic sets that I put into my show. And this one will have all charity recordings that the Beatles made, group and solo. So I'll be doing that. And if you want to know where you can hear every little thing, which is just uh, broadcast as a live stream, you can't listen on demand to it. On my website, kenmichaelsradio.com, if you go to the tab that says listen and you go to the drop down menu, there's a page for every little thing. And it'll list all the radio stations that carry the show and when they play it. And they have links to the website so you can stream them. Everyone that has an asterisk runs the newest show. So if you want to hear that one with the charity records, go to that. And um, also, things we said today, we have a new show coming next week. It'll be our first show of 2022. I also have my YouTube channel, which is Ken Michaels Radio. Just did a show with my co-host from things we said today, Darren DeVivo. He did a Fab Five show where he picked his go-to albums, Beatles, and one from each solo Beatle. That was a lot of fun. Uh, This should be a busy week for that channel because I might have three new videos coming up. Excellent. And um, one of them, I'm hoping, uh, will be another one with Al Suspin and Tom Franjoan and Bruce Mm -hmm. Spizer. 
and uh, we're going to do our own show on Get Back. I can't get enough of Get Back. I got to, <laughs> you know, even though we did our show, things we said today did their show. Everybody's doing shows on Get Back, and it doesn't matter if it's not brand new. I love all the insights that people share about it. Things that you know I might not be thinking about. Things they picked up from watching it. Yeah. So. Um, That'll be later in the week, probably Friday, that'll be up. Um, and of course, there's my, my website, kenmichaelsradio.com, where you'll find Beatles trivia every single week. You can win one of 10 prizes, books, CDs, DVDs. There'll be a new trivia question or game right after the end of this show tonight. So go visit kenmichaelsradio.com, the Beatles trivia and games page. And also, if any of you want to email me directly, you can write to me at every little thing at att.net and i think that's it excellent thank you ken uh well for two legs um we're you know as we all know that we're a weekly show uh, you can mainly find us on on youtube where we do the video aspect of it so please go to two legs a paul mccartney uh podcast and there you'll find our latest episode which we have the one and only the queen of all beatles media joining us uh this week yes that's right yes right take your bow please uh, <laughs> and she joined us for the for the wonderfully experimental album twin freaks which um you know i think is something that every mccartney fan should check out if you're not into that kind of thing you can still check it out you should at least you owe it to yourself to check it out at least once uh, you, you know you can it's on streaming it's on youtube um and we had a lot of fun discussing discussing that and we sure this did. Week, yeah this week so thank you kit for joining us on that oh, this week yeah, this week Andy and I will be revisiting the uh, Space Within Us uh, DVD oh. Blu-ray. Oh, I just watched that again. I love that. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be uh, we'll be uh, revisiting that and, and and talking about it. So um, we'll have that. Um, I the, when we left here in December, I had mentioned that I was the host of Sam's Mac in Your Attic uh, show, and uh, that show is now out. Where I actually. And the host this time around, so that where Sam can uh, show his junk, as as we call it. <laughs> <laughs> and he he was able to show his junk and tell his stories, and we had a great time doing that. Um, as Kit mentioned, I also joined um, her and 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 John and Ed on the um, um, when they was Fab uh, show, talking about the last two days of of the Get Back uh, special. Um, so that will be out this this coming Sunday. Um, right, right, Kit. I think it's this coming Sunday. Uh, that, yes, that, yes, this coming yeah, Sunday. Right. Yep, yep. And uh, and like uh, Ken Michaels, uh, you know, the Two Leg Show is also on that Authentic Radio uh, website, so you can go to that website and check out all the listings for the shows. I believe also um robert rodriguez is on there as well um so a lot and and you know now things we said today which will be great and then hopefully soon talk more talk as as, as well so a lot of really good content on authentic radio so check that out so that's it for us um it was great chatting with you guys we'll be back in two weeks again um don't ask us for what because we haven't figured it out yet <laughs> oh cassette yes that's what I was. That's what I was getting before. Oh, I shut the camera off. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Awesome. Love it. Very cool. Nice. Now, see if that was on there, you wouldn't even notice. You'd say, "Well, right. that's not Paul." Yeah, what's the mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, see what I mean? So that. Yep. 
<laughs> so like Kid said, thank you very much, everybody that uh, has been uh, checking us out, especially now on our new home, YouTube, which we're going to be yeah. uh, for here on out. Um, thank you, everybody that joined us on, on, on Facebook. I know some people had some issues there, but um, hopefully everything is going well now on Facebook. I mean, I'm sorry, on YouTube. Um, so YouTube. for Ken Michaels, Joe Mayo, the Queen, Kittle Tool, I'm Tom Hanyati saying rest well, Sydney Poitier. Take care. Oh. What? <laughs>